What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Blind Donkey Runner High School Athletics Podcast. On this week's episode, I have head coach of the uh, Dresden Lions uh, football program, Coach Keith Hodge, on the show. Uh, we talk a lot about their offseason, what their expectations are for the season, and how their summer's going. So, I enjoy talking to Coach Hodge always. So, I hope you guys enjoy this as well. Hey, Coach. How are you going tonight? Good, man. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, how was your uh, How was your offseason going? How did it go for you guys? Well, hey, first thing I want to tell you, um, and I don't think you hear this enough, is, I, you know, I appreciate and thanks for uh, – for taking the time to uh, talk about our kids and talk about West Tennessee football. And, and, you know, I know that's uh time for you and, and uh, you know, but I just want to tell you, I appreciate it, man. And I appreciate you doing what you do and constantly want to talk about football. And like I said, talk about school's kids and getting involved with them. And man, you're from a totally different state. And you know, <laughs> I just want to tell you, I appreciate that. And I, I think it's fantastic. And I think it's great that you've, built the relationships that you have and how you keep up with things. And I just think it's fantastic. Well, I enjoy talking to you and coach Morris and the coaches that I get a chance to talk to. I really love learning about the game through you guys and learning thought of you guys. So Awesome, man. Oh, but the, uh, you know, the uh, off season for us has been good. You know, we, uh, we have a lot of uh, two and three sport athletes and, you know, we're a smaller school. So, you know, we deal with that. And well, I say deal with that. I, I actually think it's a great thing. I think it's uh I think it's great for school culture and and, and uh, what what schools are trying to build and keep kids involved constantly and uh, and be great at everything these kids can be involved in. So you know we we've had you know probably two or two thirds maybe half of our team that's been involved in the winter workouts and everything and the rest were playing basketball and and everything which is you know and we had some seniors had six seniors graduate and uh, you know but it's been good you know they they've bought into the weight room and bought into trying to get healthy and get stronger and uh, do what it takes to to enter another season. And a lot of these guys are entering their senior season. So, you know, it's been good for us. You know, like I said, everybody's been involved and and worked hard. And, um, you know, I've tried to give them as many breaks as I can and and, uh, and try to not swamp them because, like I said, we got a lot of kids that are constantly doing things and some work and some are, you know, they're just heavily involved. And like I said, at the end of the day, it's a good thing. You know, it's good for the parents and everything. But, you know, I felt like we've had a good, good winter, good winter and uh, leading into spring ball. I know we'll get into that. But uh, overall, I've been pleased and, you know, and, and I love being around these kids and, and they've done a great job. Um, you talked about those six seniors. Um, were they, any of them, did they go on to play college uh, ball anywhere? Or? Yeah, we got, we got one kid that uh, Chandler Turnbow, he's going to, uh, play college football at Bethel, which is about 15 minutes away from, from Dresden. And, uh, you know, it's going to be good for him. I think it's great for, uh, you know, for the community and, and keeping up with him and, and as he moves forward and, and, and how he's going to do at Bethel, you know, he's super excited. You know, I think he's, he's one of those kids that has worked really hard and, uh, to get that opportunity and get a scholarship to go play ball. And, uh, we're excited to see what he, what that turns out to be for him. Are they D3? They are NAI, so they're okay. a pri- they're a private school, and uh, so they do offer uh, athletic and academic scholarships. And you know, I, I know that he's not going to be out much money, so that's great for him. And 
know, like I say, you know, that hard work has paid off for him, and uh, it's a good opportunity for him with a great coaching staff at Bethel. I think a lot of those guys, and, and I love how they recruit locally. I think that's a big deal, and, and I think that's great for your gate. And, uh, you know, I just think I think it's great, and I think it's great for him and his family. Awesome, awesome. Um, how excited were the guys to get out and put on some – get on the field uh, at the beginning of spring ball? You know, uh, like I said, I, you know, we uh, we had a lot of our, our skill guys that were, were playing baseball at the time, and so they didn't get out get get to get out there with us, and uh, that's okay. You know, we had a lot of linemen. We do had we did have some skill guys that were out there, obviously, and I think they're always excited to get the pads back on. You know, it the winter grind is is can be a little hard on them. It can get uh kind of very scheduled like where you're doing the same thing over and over and you know you want to be able to mix things up so that's what spring allows us to do and and honestly you know i know a lot of coaches probably use spring as a big an evaluation period and things like that and and you know and and i've gotten to the point in in my years here that it's not you know it's a situation where the kids can do something different in my opinion you know we get out there and we do some things and if you had a full team and you could scream at somebody else, we weren't able to do that, then maybe I could see that a little bit more. You can create some competition with it and, and do some different things. But for the most part, I think it's just a, it's a breakup of things and allow them to get out there and hit a little bit, and that's what our guys want to do. They want to get out there and be physical, and, you know, they did use the time to learn and, and review things and, and go back in, and we kind of <laughs> installed and, and got into some things that we want to do this fall. But – you know, I think for them, it's just a break from things. It's a break to get out there and, and do what football is really about, and that's putting them pads on and getting after each other. And we were, we were able to do that, you know. So, you know, it's great for great for us. It's great for small schools and uh, just to change things up a little bit. Awesome. Um, uh, talk about uh, offensively, uh, who do you have returning and how do you see those coming back? How, how do you see the guys coming back? How do they fit into your system? You know, we got a lot coming back. You know, we, we've got a big upcoming senior class that's 15, 16 strong, and, and that's big for us. And, you know, our numbers are going to be really big going into the season. And, you know, it's one of the bigger football teams that I, I've ever coached and as far as numbers go. So, you know, offensively, we, we do got, uh, I believe it's eight kids coming back. Uh, so we lost three. We lost um, two offensive linemen. And uh, and uh, and Chandler Turnbull, like I said, Gavin Cooper was on the offensive line for us, and Ian Pinion. Um, and uh, those are big losses. Obviously, anytime you lose seniors that are starters, they're gonna, that's going to be big to big for your program and everything. But you know, having eight guys coming back is, is a big deal. You know, you got your quarterback coming back, you got the majority of your up front guys coming back, and all basically all except our running back and. Uh, and uh, well, actually, one more senior, Trey Eddings, went both ways for us. You know, he was kind of our uh, what I call our Swiss Army knife. He did everything for us, and he's going to be missed also. And you know, uh, so I don't want to sell him short or anything. He did a ton of great things for us offensively. He ran the ball, he caught the ball, you know, did return for us. He he just did so many things for us. You know, and that, that's hard to replace. Uh, but all of them are always hard to replace. But anyway, uh, you know, so like I said, we got seven or eight guys coming back offensively, and. Uh, you know, and like I said, all those guys that have all that experience uh, are coming back. Some of them are going to be, you know, our quarterbacks are going to be a four-year starter, which is kind of rare at quarterback. And oh yeah, uh, and Tatum Oliver, and uh, and uh, like I said, we got got two running backs that are going to be back that are going to contribute heavily, and 
you know, basically all our receivers are back. And, you know, that's a big deal. You know, like I said, experience, they kind of know now what, what I expect and, and what we want offensively, what our coaching staff wants. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, I've always been kind of a mainly a running running guy, you know, but I do try to uh, throw as much as the defense gives us. And, uh, you know, that's what we'll be. You know, we'll still be a run more. more. We'll, we'll gear towards the run, but we are going to open it up more this year. And, uh, and have a lot more skill guys on, on the field for us and uh, create some space and, and do some things a little differently. Um, but uh, like I said, when you have a quarterback like Tatum, that's he's 230. You know, he don't look 230, but he's a 230 <laughs> kid being being recruited to play at the next level at middle linebacker. You know, we got to run that kid and we got some pieces around him that's going to big time uh, contribute around him and what he's able to do. And, and I really think it's going to take pressure off him. I think that what we're going to do offensively is going to create a lot of mismatches and, and get some guys open. Is he the type of running back or the quarterback that can just pull it down and run it like uh, like a Rowdy Sokolowski? Or is he stand back there and throw it and he can run it when he has to? Nah, he, he's actually, you know, and uh, – he he knows this. He's a run first guy. You know, we a lot of our offense this last year and this year is is based off him being designed to run quarterback plays. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to, you know, and I know everybody everybody did. You have to have eyes on the kid. He he's he's too big and strong to to sit back and uh, and not have somebody constantly worried about him. And you kind of almost have to load the box a little bit, or he's going to get yards falling forward and the things that he does well and he's done for several years now uh but i think the key for us is what everybody does around him you know i think it's going to boil down to you know uh raymond johnson and nick turnbo and tristan jed and d'angelo and uh these guys that are around him how they and cameron schlick who's going to be a huge player for us this year how have these guys contribute around him and create more opportunities for themselves you know, and along with him, but, you know, and I don't know if you're going to get into this question, but I still always say, and it always boils down to how good are you up front? Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're not very good up front, you know, it's extremely hard. Uh, people can scheme you to death and play cover zero on you and hurt you to where you can't get the ball into space. So we've got to be very good up front. And I do think we're going to be, and I think a lot of what we're going to do is going to depend is going to depend on how well we are up front, how well we block, and how well we do things. Because at the end of the day, if you can't block, you're not going to beat teams. You're not going to beat the teams you need to beat. Right. If you can't block well and you can't do the fundamentals really well. Um, talking about blocking, um, how difficult is it going to be to replace those couple of seniors on the offensive line for you guys? Yeah, it's always difficult. You know, you're always back to the drawing board and figuring out who's going to step up, and it's, it's the same story every year. And um, and and I, that's a part of the game that I, I really enjoy because I enjoy seeing growth. I, you know, I want to see the guys that we're going to rely on um, step up and take those spots and and take ownership of those spots. And um, and the main thing is I don't want it to be two or three guys. I want five or six guys that are going to compete and want to take those spots. And if something happens, they can step right in and play, uh, you know, so com- competition is the key to being successful as a football team. And we got to compete and practice and, and we're going to, but you know, and another thing that I want to see, I, I think we're going to be able to fill the spots. You know, I, I do. I think that our kids haven't have too much pride to not want to step up and be successful and, and take on, uh, take on spots that were held by late, by seniors. And, but I, I want to see growth out of our guys that did play last year. I think that, 
you know, a lot of the times and even in, in every level, I think you get guys that are comfortable with, they started last year. So, you know, they just feel comfortable where they're at. And, and I, I don't like that. I think that's a bad situation to be in. You don't want to see that type of, um, you almost take a step back when you should be fighting to step forward. And I think it's one of the main things we got to do. I think we got to create competition for the guys that did start last year. I think we got to push those guys to be better so we can, you know, meet our goals. And uh, it just takes, like I said, it takes a lot of competition in practice. It takes competing. It takes getting better in the scrimmages and staying on those guys, not letting those guys be relaxed. But, um, you know, and, and like I said, that creates pride. It creates pride in your program, and uh, and that's what we're striving to do with those guys. You mentioned some names earlier. Um, I'm blanking on, but I, you mentioned them earlier. Who are, are those? Your running backs and receivers that you mentioned, D'Angelo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the guys that um, you know are are going to be our running backs and receivers. And and the thing about us this coming season, our backs are going to have to catch the ball very well you know we're going to send them out in the backfield a lot more this year and and put pressure on them and it mainly puts pressure on the defense we want the defense to cover all levels of the field and uh you know and i feel like tatum should be able to do really well completing those passes like i said he's got way too much experience to not be able to put pressure on the defense and he will i you know i don't you know like i said he's 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 one of those kids that has a lot of pride in what he's doing and um you know another three sport out but the main thing is, is those guys around him, you know, wanting to make him better, putting the pressure on him to be better, uh, to be the leader of the offense and, and to do good things. I think he's ready for that challenge. But, yeah, all those skill guys we mentioned, uh, they're going to be able to step up. And, uh, man, I, I really think that we could be really good offensively if we will uh, put pressure on ourselves to be good and, and get better in practice. Awesome. Awesome. Um Switching over to the defensive side of the ball, um, who do you have returning and who were the seniors that you lost? And- well, uh, you know, again, you know, we're losing some, some guys that, you know, had, you know, Trey Eddings and Chandler Turnbow were both DBs for us. And uh, Jeremiah Beasley was on the defensive line. And um, hopefully I don't leave anybody out there. But those those guys, you know, were huge on defense. So, again, we've got, you know, eight returning starters on defense too, you know, that are going to be – have a ton of experience. Again, these are guys that's played started two to three years, and um, that there's no excuse. You know, the, uh, my opinion. I think we could actually be extremely good defensively. I think we got the pieces to fly around and cause a lot of problems. You know, we just ha- we have to get confidence in what we're doing. We are changing things up a little bit defensively and uh, putting a little more speed on the field. We feel like and uh, should be able to, like I said, fly around a little bit more defensively and. Some of the guys I mentioned earlier are going to be the guys that are on defense also. You know, we try not to have a ton of two-way kids, and I feel like with a bigger roster that we have right now, we don't have to do that, you know. But there are certain guys that you, you could look out there and you say, okay, he's got to be on defense. We, you know, we're not, we're not going to be, uh, you know, what I would call just not very smart coaches. You know, we need to be smart, and those guys need to play. And, and you know, it's kind of one of those things you got to suck it up. You know, you got to help this team win. and and help us be successful. So, you know, you can't come off the field very much. And they understand that, you know, like I said, it was a small school. So you're going to have guys that uh, have to go both ways. But the key for us, again, I go, I go, I always go back to this. And, and this is just from years of, of being around it now is you have to build depth. It's something that's so overlooked that we have our ones and that's it. We, I, I, you know, I, I'm very anti against that. I think you've got to build and you've got to give these young guys 
time to develop and push them to where they can help on Friday nights, you know, regardless of your size and what you're able to do, even as freshmen, we got a freshman coming up this year that there's no reason that he shouldn't be on the field on Friday nights. You know, he's, he's that good of a player and, but he has to buy in, he has to push himself and, um, and, and be able to help us. You know, if he doesn't, then he will not step on the field. So that's a choice he's going to make, but ability is there for him to do that. Uh, but, but again, you know, I feel like we've got the pieces that can step up and replace those seniors. And that's always hard to do. Cause again, those guys had experience playing and they were leaders for us. And, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm super excited about our defense. I really am. I'm excited about both sides of the ball. And, uh, like I said, when you've got that many returning on both sides, there's no reason, uh, except for bad coaching that, uh, you know, you shouldn't be successful. And if we're not, then that's on me. So I think we can be, and I think we got the guys and the mentality and the, and the teamwork that we can, we could definitely be, have a darn really good year and really surprise some people that's going to be focused on one of our district opponents that everybody's going to pick to win it all. So, you know, we, we've got to get after it and, uh, and open some eyes early on. Um, what are you expecting out of those eight returners? And then the three that, uh, might step up and come back or come up, uh, replace those seniors. Well, you know, like, like I said, you know, the eight returners, it, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, not being content that you're a returner and not focusing on how you have got to get better. You are, you're not a returner, you know, that should be content with where you're at. You have to figure out a way to make yourself better every day with every rep to help this football team because that's what it boils down to is we we've got to be a complete team and that involved and, and I, I've told him this I've said look whoever you feel like is behind you you know sometimes it's, it's pretty clear-cut who a starter is and you got to call what it is what it is unless they just really stop focusing and really stop buying into what our team wants to be and that's the key is being a team and not individuals if they do that then no they shouldn't be starting but I, I don't feel like we have that type of kids I really don't so I feel like these kids should want the person, whoever that is next to them, to push them. And right. I think that's what the eight retar- returners have to do is they have to say, who can push me to be better? Who can push me for my spot and make this football team better? Because at the end of the day, you and I both know somebody's going to get hurt. Something's mm-hmm. going to happen. And that person's not on the field. And whoever's behind you, you've had a hand in making them better, making them a better player and a better teammate you have to have that person ready and that's on coaches, but it's also on the starters too, in my opinion. I think they got to be more willing to step up and push and help teammates to be better teammates. Uh, but as far as replacing the three, you know, that, like I said, that's hard to do. You know, it's always hard to do in high school football. And, and again, it goes back to coaching. It goes back to your teammates uh, pushing those guys to step up and replace those starters. Um, you know, that done so many things for us, you know, when you lose, a Trey Eddings on defense for us that got us in the right spots and was vocal and took pride in being vocal. That's hard to replace. You know, I think that's one of the hardest things in my opinion in high school football to get kids to do and to replace is vocal, positive leadership, uh, being, getting kids lined up right and having a pride in that, you know, that's, that's a pride thing in my opinion, buying into being lined up always right, knowing your role, knowing, understanding your role and believing in your role. You know, it takes more than just coaching. It takes the kids on the field and the kids in the locker room and, and everybody that's involved. It takes the, believe it or not, you know, I don't know if we'll get into this, but 
to me, more than anything, it's about, you know, and well, we'll talk about that, man. We'll talk about the community and stuff. But anyway, um, I, I just think that it, we've got guys that can easily step up and do great things and and take over those spots those seniors left behind and uh, and uh, have confidence. You know, that's the key. When, you, when you're not a returner and you, when you haven't started, you lack a little bit of confidence. You know, it's new. You're, you're green. And uh, but you got to gain that confidence early, and, and your teammates have to pick up that confidence and, and help you, and the coaches do too. And you know that's what it That's what it revolves around. And and, uh, and, I, and I love that part of the game. I may have, I, I know it might have been may have difficult for a thing to learn, but what did you learn about your team this over the spring practice and the summer summer, summer workouts that have y'all done so far? Going so far, uh, you know, uh, it's it's always learning the new kids. You know. Um, always learning what what they're going to bring to the table and uh and and really closely evaluating your returning guys your returning teammates and and figuring out have they grown over the offseason mentally you're believe it or not you know and i know again this goes back to the weight room things like that all these kids are going to grow physically i mean come on uh when a kid turns 17 18 years old if they've worked hard in the weight room, they're going to mature and grow physically. It's a part of it. There's no way around it. They're going to do that. Um, so, I, you know, I, I look at things a little differently. I want to see how they mature mentally. I want to see how they approach the weight room, how they are in the locker room. Um, you know, the little things that they don't think that I'm constantly looking at, those, those are things I'm looking at. I, I want to see how you, how your attitude is when you walk on the practice field, how you uh, approach the same drills that we do a lot of, that we do probably too much, you know, and, and it becomes a lot of focus on fundamentals. But I, I just want to see how they are. I want to see how they, because believe it or not, those are the times is when you're leading. When you're doing the same thing over and over and over or it's hot or it like it was today, or uh, you're doing the same things and you feel like you're not getting any, you feel like you're just kind of stuck in the mud. That's when the leadership steps up. That's when you see who is really out there because they love the game. And those are things I'm constantly evaluating. You talk about it in high. Jeremy Bell told me it was 110 in Murray today. Yeah, we we had an early morning practice, and I, I could see it weighing on them some. I had to leave a little early today, but I saw that on them. And, uh, and that's part of it, you know, again, you know, uh, and, uh, coach Bloodworth, who I was with at Murray, I love, I love this. It's going to stick on me the rest of my life and I'm going to use it. Uh, what he said, he said, football is an absolute miserable place to be if you don't love it. And mm -hmm. it's simply because it's always hot. Mm -hmm. You have to wear gear. You have to run. You have to be uncomfortable. You're always uncomfortable in football. Think about it. When you, if you're comfortable, then you're either up by 50 or you're doing something wrong. You should right. be uncomfortable constantly. Right. And and that goes with loving the game. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, and I love that saying. And uh, like I said, I'll continue to use that. But uh, it is hot and we got to fight through it because, you know, good and well, just like I do, one of the first things that you're going to talk about to me after a couple of games is how's the heat weight on you? Have you done managing the heat? How have the kids done? And, again, it goes back to the same old thing. Uh, you know, if you've been playing football long, you know that it's hot and, you know, you got to fight through it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, how are the players – how are the guys adjusting to the heat? Well, uh, today's been the first day, so we'll see. You know, tomorrow evening we're going to go in the evening, which means it's going to be a little hotter. We'll see how they respond. I'm interested in seeing that part of it and seeing how they do and seeing if they come out with a good attitude and, and try to ignore it the best they can. 
but this is just my opinion and we we got and we've done this a little late last year but how we battled the heat and this is all the credit to the parents and them stepping up in our quarterback club was we kept fruit and water and Gatorade. We bought tons and tons of fruit and made them eat it every day after practice before games. You know, the, the parents really bought into that and they're buying into it again. And I think it made a difference for us. I, I think after the first couple of games, we felt great. We didn't have a lot of kids even cramping at all. I uh, saw their energy levels go up. It, you know, it, it's the truth. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to take care of your body. You've got to buy into that because a lot of kids don't buy into taking care of themselves, and they think it's just a eh, same old, same old story, same old coach saying the same old thing. But when you've got parents and uh, community members buying into that, and selling that to their own kids also, that backs up what we're trying to say as coaches, it makes all the difference in the world. And I'm so appreciative of that. I'm so, I'm so thankful that, you know, over the years I've had parents that that's bought into what we're trying to do, and it just helped, makes a big difference. Um, what are you guys doing right now? Are you doing a lot of weight room drills? Are you doing a lot of drills on the field? What, what kind of workout are you all doing right now? You know, good question. We're doing everything, you know. So um, I, I try to structure everything where – when we have a practice, when our doors are open, I want the whole team there. You know, I want them to be there. I want them to be together. I think that creates that cohesiveness you want between the group. You know, I don't want them. Um, we try not to miss. You know, we try not to have players missing. So, anyway, what I'm getting to is is that we lift. We do agility work. We do conditioning. Uh, we do some different things, but then we have a normal practice right afterwards. We go out there and we have our line lineman drills, our D-line drills, linebackers. We do seven-on-seven. Seven. We do uh, pass scale. Uh, we're, we're installing. We're trying to get as much done as we can in the month of June to where July can be faster. You know what I mean? That's always my goal is what we do today will set us up to be faster tomorrow. And um, you know, that's what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to get as much in as we can and be smart about it the best we can and not try to overwhelm them. And, again, like I said, when you got returners that can be leaders, that those type of things you can add more to them. You can add more things, and they're going to understand it. And, uh, and, and I like where we're at with those things. You've mentioned community a couple of times. What's the vibe in the community? Are they already excited about the upcoming August or – yeah. Oh, of course. You know that that. Hey, man. Um, it does that to me and you every time, and I think it's just where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of live out on the outskirts a little bit, and uh, I think it just it just eh, you know whatever. I'll take the blame. Um, but anyway, where 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 did it cut me off at? So I don't. I don't we're just it. talking about the the community and how excited they are for the upcoming August. Okay. Uh. So. Basically, you know, and I'm glad we brought this up. Like I said, I don't know if I'm repeating myself if it got in the first recording, but you know, I think it's and and, I, and I've really thought about this a lot lately. I think how important it is to have your community that is so involved and parents that love the program and want to be a part of the program and help the program and and uh, and just fight for these kids and keep them involved. I thought, you know, I, I think I think head coaches and staff and everything just get a little bit too much credit when it comes to wins and everything. It starts from the ground up. It starts when these kids are young mm-hmm. around their around these dads that are coaching. You know, you got to be thankful for. And I know people talk about dads coaching and things like that. Hey, I, I, I love it. I, I'm thankful for it. 
I think it's great that dads want to be involved with their kids and their sons and who else are you going to get to do it? You know, you got to have those things, rather it's sometimes it, sometimes it can be a negative thing because it's all turns into a little bit of a son thing, but Hey, you know, uh, we got to have people out there that are coaching these kids and supporting these kids and be involved in their lives. And, and that's important being role models. And, uh, like I said, I, I think what you, when you start from the ground up when they're young, I think that's more important than when they get to me. Um, you know, our middle school coach and Coach Ritz and Coach Hewitt, who's been around Dresden football, it's people like Coach Hewitt. You know, he's been around Dresden football for 30-plus years, and he got me into it in Dresden and, you know, and was a mentor to me. And, um, you know, it, it's 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 coaches like that and men like that that I, that I can't think enough that really have made the impact on these kids over the years. And, uh, really make make programs what they are um, but anyway the community I know they're excited you know we, we've already met with some community members and talking about you know dressing football the future and what we want to do and what we want to accomplish and um, you know and sometimes that involves money we all know that but you know I think I think people are very excited I, you know I think that the parents are excited for these kids and you know I hate that the parents never stop you know they're involved in all these sports and you know, but again, these kids are, are not going to be w- with us forever. They're going to grow up and they're going to move on to things. And, uh, you know, so we got to cherish the time we have with these with these young men and, and even our managers, young ladies also. And, uh, you know, so it's great that it's important to them. And, and like I say, you can't give the community enough credit. I think that a lot of everything boils down to community involvement and community support. Without it, you cannot, you absolutely cannot run a successful program. And uh, I think, I think a lot more um, credit goes to those around the program uh, more than myself and, and other people, honestly, just being honest about it. Right. Um, you're coming up on your one year in Dresden. Um, can you tell the difference in the community uh, as of right now than you did when you got there? Well, you know, you got to remember, uh, I was in Dresden for five years before I went to Murray for seven. You know, so I've came back to this community and um, and now entering my it'll be my fourth year total as a head coach at, at, at Dresden. It'll be my fourth. I was seven years as a head coach at Murray. So add that up, whatever that is. I don't know. Year 12 being a head coach, or whatever it might be. You know, it's good to the point. Where I'm just like, OK, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I, I think the support has always been there. Um, you know, it, you know, when we were, we had a great run there, um, with coach Hewitt and everything and, you know, and then coach rain took over after me and we, you know, we've always had a great run at Dresden. And so the support's always been there and, and, you know, and, and again, it goes back to the key, even when you have some down years, um, continuing to have the community involved, continuing to have a, a good youth program. And, you know, I'm so excited for our youth and, uh, you know, we had over a hundred kids in our youth program last year. And I think that's fantastic. And like I said, it speaks, it speaks volumes about the people that are wanting, wanting to be involved and, and continue to be involved. But, you know, um, in year two, you know, I can, I'll be, I, I don't have an answer to your question yet, you know, uh, cause like I said, these, these parents and this, these, this community has gone through a lot over the past year with the tornado and everything. So I think football is a huge, um, 
come together type thing for everyone. Uh, it allows everyone to go enjoy being around these kids and watching them perform and, and, uh, and being part of something that, that, that's really big. And, uh, when you have small towns, again, everybody knows this, that football is really huge and not all sports should be because all these kids play all these sports. And, mm-hmm. um, and like I say, that, that culture of, buying into everything you go into and regardless of the sport and the community is really big. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're, I think very much so everybody's looking forward to a great year and, uh, and looking forward to, to what we can do. You mentioned terrain desert. Is that the one that you talking about the one that hit Mayfield? Is that the same, the same, that same one? Yes. Yeah, same one. The same one that hit Mayfield hit, hit Dresden really hard and uh and uh caused a ton of damage and uh damage is going to take years and years to you know build back and and, uh and and i guess basically say start over in certain areas and um you know that's hard you know that's hard for someone to lose their home and uh and, and lose things that they cherish and uh you know things that we all take for granted constantly you know i know that that uh i take things for granted there's no doubt about it and uh and it's very hard to uh, battle through that. But like I said, this opportunity that these kids have is a way to show up every day and, and focus on those things. And, uh, you know, that's just that's part of it. And I'm glad they're part of it. I, I, I actually don't think I'd realize it hit Dresden. I, I knew it was close, but I. Yeah, it went right through downtown, right through the middle of it and uh, hit a lot of homes, hit a lot of businesses. And uh, it was it was a pretty big deal. And uh, obviously, and, um, and like I said, when, when something like that hits, you know, it's going to take years to, to bounce back. And, you know, it's just amazing the uh, support that's come through Dresden and, and everybody's been a part of that. And um, like I said, people, you know, people should be thankful for what they have and the support that they have around them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Um, what's the rest of the summer look like for you guys? Well, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to continue some practicing. We got two seven on seven events to end uh, before dead period. So the end of June, we'll have two seven on seven events. Uh, one of them's with three other teams. The other one's with a team close by in Union City. Uh, we'll do some lineman challenge stuff there, which I think is gonna be great for our linemen. Because you know, yeah, the thing about these linemen, these poor linemen, they go through summer and do everything that everybody else the skills doing. But yet don't get to be in, as involved because they don't have seven on seven. You know they don't have those things. You know, with uh, with Lyman Land being down in the trenches, it's about those pads. It's about getting after it and uh, doing some different things as a as a change up to them. I think it's fantastic. And uh, you know, I love those guys. You know, I... so yeah. Who uh, who do you think has the best uniforms in the NFL? Oh man, um, I don't know how far we got into this, but uh, you know, I, gosh, that's a good question. You know, there's there's a lot of them. I actually like college football uniforms a little bit better, um, but uh, ooh, you know, I like the Saints uniform. I, I, you know, black and gold, obviously. Um, uh, man, um, I, you know, believe it or not. The Titans all navy uniform, I really, really like. I'm not, and this is gonna hurt some feelings on some people, I'm sure, but <laughs> I'm not a baby blue type of person when it comes to football. I don't, I don't know why. I just don't. It just, eh, I don't know. It just has something about it. I love the all navy. Mm-hmm. I really think that looks really, really sharp. Um, I don't know. Overall, that might be one of the best uniform combinations: is the Titans all navy. It's Navy helmet, Navy jersey, Navy pants. I really like it a lot when they do that. Um, you got me on that one a little bit like you always do. Um, 
but there, I just, there's none that just super, you know, there's none that just completely just stand out. You're like, Oh man, that looks awesome. Um, they're all just kind of, sometimes they'll throw together something I really like. And then sometimes what I don't like is when they'll go dark Jersey with white pants. A lot of teams do that. I don't like that that much. I like the all dark or the all white, all light color uniforms. Um, white on black is usually okay. But when you start going, um, a dark on a on a white pants for some reason. I, I've just never really cared for that all that much. Okay, okay. Who has the ugliest uniforms? Ooh, ugliest. Um. Oh man, I do not like the Carolina Panthers uniforms at all. Um, let's see. Uh, that's a good one. Another good one. Um, I have a feeling you've got one that I'm not thinking of. Oh, I have no clue. I've never seen them. Uh, oh man, you really got you got me again. You're getting me all the time, ain't you? Um, that's a good one. Dadgummit. Um, uh, man, I, I have to say Carolina. I just do not like anything about their uniform. All right. Um, but anyway, what's number two? All right. Who has other than West Carroll and Dresden? Who has the best looking uniforms in West Tennessee? Oh, man, you're, you're going to draw blood with that one. Um, <laughs> but the, I, I can exclude West Carroll and Dresden. Well, no, it's a, you know, I'll, I'll say one just simply because it's, it, it touches home with me is I, I, li- I like Brewston where I'm from. I like the all blue, you know, I like the, uh, when they go the, uh, they got when I was growing up and they still do It's the blue helmet, blue Jersey, blue pants, uh, and it's a uh, it's a royal blue, so it's a, it's a real sharp looking blue. Nice. Um, I've always really liked that uniform uh, on Brewston, and like I said, that's my alma mater. So you know, I, I don't think that'll hurt too many feelings if I say that, even though they're in our region and we play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think our my kids and and the and the community knows I'm gonna we're gonna get after their tail, and uh, so that you know it's it's no big deal there. But I'll, I've always liked the all blue like that, and just like we switched to a black helmet, so I think our all black when we go home, I think it's gonna look really sharp. Uh, so you know that's I, I think I think I can say that without drawing too much blood there. All right, who has the best looking one in Region One except for Murray? Oh man. Um, I like Mayfield when they go all black. They'll have a black on black with their red helmet. I really like that uniform on them. Uh, they'll do that sometimes. Their all red looks good, too. They'll go out there with an all red. They mix it up a lot. Um, you know, they got three different uniform combinations that they do. And, uh, you know, but I really like their either they're all red, but I think they're all black. Uh, when they come out in that, I think that really stands out and looks really good. Um when they do that. So I got to give, you know, you know, I know Mayfield gets a ton of credit and they always will, you know, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. They do what they do and they do it really well, but I like the all black. Nice. Nice. Well, coach, this has been fun. It's been enjoyable. Um, I'm looking forward to 15 weeks of uh, high school football in the fall. Man, looking forward to it also. And like I said, I appreciate what you do and, and thank you for calling and, and talking about these kids and uh, looking forward to talking to you here soon. I appreciate it, Coach. I enjoyed it always. You have a good one. All right, man. See you later. See ya. Round three. Here we roll. That's okay. (laughs) Um, So where do we get cut off at? You were talking about the linemen and their seven other drills down at Union City. Yeah, yeah. They deserve the recognition they deserve. Right. So after after June's done, we'll have a – uh, we'll go into July and have two more two more seven on sevens. We'll go to McCracken. 
I know Coach Morris mentioned that. We're, they'll be there with us. Um, and we'll play in a pool play there at night, which I like. That's the reason why we go there is at night. We'll face teams we, we never face. Um, in the season, a lot of Kentucky schools and some other uh, state, other states will be there, um, which will be good. Like I said, it's at night. It's a little cooler. It'll still be burning hot. But hey. anyway, and then we got one more in Jackson, the 7-on-7. Seven seven, and then we go pads. It's straight into pads. And um, so we're two weeks in July. Then you go shells. And then we got scrimmages. Our first scrimmage is at Union City. And then we go over to um, – uh, we're actually going to go to West Carroll with Coach Morrison scrimmage them and a Jackson school, so a three-way scrimmage, and then we'll go to our jamboree in Henry County like we do every year. And, uh, and then, then the season rolls around, we get rolling. Do you – just for the people in Murray, do you think you'll see them in any of these seven-on-sevens? Uh, I doubt it. Uh, I know Coach Bowling doesn't – you know, he, he's more of a flexbone guy. So, if he does it, I know it will be primarily, you know, for some of his passing game, but primarily for his DBs and, and work with those guys and everything. I'd love to see him. You know, I'd love to see the kids. And, you know, I like seeing them last year in the Jamboree. They came over and talked to me. Some of them did. And, uh, you know, so I guess they don't hate me too much. But, um, you know, I got an opportunity to talk to those kids. And, and I, I still text the kids. I still ask them how some of them are doing and what's going on. And, um, you know, it's hard to keep up with everyone. And but I still talk to a lot of people from Murray. And, uh, you know, I actually got text messages from Knight from a person in Murray talking about some of their senior pictures and things like that. You know, so, you know, like I say, you, you know, you're in this business. And you're building relationships. And you're going to keep up with those because it's people you care about. And, uh, and then, you know, that's part of it. But, yeah, I'd love to see those kids play and uh, be around them and see how they're doing and, uh, you know, and hope the best for them. Speaking of people from uh, Murray, uh, Jeremy Bell is going to get on to me if I don't tell you. He told me to tell you, hey. Oh, of course, you know. And uh, <laughs> I, I miss talking to those guys, you know. And uh, like I say, that's why I love talking to you. You know, there, there's uh, the people that buy into high school football and talking about these kids and, and uh, giving these kids credit and talk about how they're doing and how their lives are going, you know, and Jeremy and Hack did that a lot. And, you know, I, like I said, I think, I think it's just underappreciated. I think it's so important to, to get on here and talk about our teams and talk about what we're trying to do and, you know, and all this time we put in and everything. And, you know, and like I said, I'm, of course I miss talking to those guys and, and talking football to them and, and, and all the hard question that Hack throws at us and, uh, <laughs> threw at me, you know, and me and Coach Morris, you know, you, you know, you know, of course you miss those things. And I love hard questions. I think that's what makes it fun. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I love talking about the talking about the team and the kids. And, and like I said, like I told you earlier, you know, we, I, I love it and I appreciate everything you do. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, the, speaking of radio, does Dresden have a radio crew for their games or? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we do have radio crew that's out of Martin. Um, they, uh, they cover several games. They have, you know, we, we have in our weekly County school system, uh, Paul Tinkle runs the radio show over there and he'll come do certain games for us. He goes and does certain games for Martin Westview, uh, Gleason and Greenfield. So he, you know, he, he's the man that wears a lot of hats and has to cover a lot of football games. And, you know, we love seeing him when he's there and, uh, you know, it's fantastic, but we also do a, a radio show every Saturday morning where all the coaches, uh, around the county, even not just weekly county, but around the county, come in and do a radio show every single Saturday morning where we talk football and talk about these kids and talk about the game from the night before. And, uh, you know, it's another uh, great thing that's put on for the community and uh, and appreciate what Paul does with that. And he's been doing it for many, many years. And, uh, you know, so we do have that that we do on Saturday mornings also. I'm going to have to figure out how to get my hands on that. Oh, no. Oh, I, I, I can get you hooked up. No problem at all. 
Man, it's great. It's great information, no doubt about it. And it's it's fun. And, you know, Paul again asked some interesting questions. He'll throw some things out there that you're you're not ready for. And again, <laughs> to me, I I love that part of it. You know, I love the off the wall stuff, and you hit me with that always at the end, and I never have a good answer, and uh, so I'm unprepared, and uh, and that's okay, and and I, and I, I like that part of it. Well, I haven't got my list ready yet, but I'll have it ready for the season. I, I know it's coming. I, I know. Looking forward to it. Um, I got one more question for you, then I'll let you get out of here. Yeah, man. Um, you're, you're a Braves fan, correct? Say it again. You're a Braves fan, or you're a Cardinals fan. Cardinals fan, absolutely. I can't believe the words came out of your mouth to begin that sentence, but that's okay. Bad, yes, definitely uh, Cardinals. Yes. Me and uh, Coach Morris talked for at, at length about Tennessee uh, and his his beloved Volunteers making it so far in the College World Series, and and then they get put out. So I guess I shouldn't have mentioned it. No, you're good. Uh, but I was gonna. I thought for some reason I thought you were the Braves fans. I was gonna. Uh, bring up the streak but I, I guess that's a bad bad blood right now <laughs> no, it don't matter no man i i used to keep up with, with major league baseball you know growing up and everything my dad never met my he was one of them people that if he didn't get to see it on tv it was on the radio he's listening to a ball game uh, if he wasn't at one of my games you know he was going to listen to every radio every single cardinals game on the radio it's unbelievable uh what he would not miss but um i grew up around that and then as I've gotten a little bit older and time and everything I'm involved in, I just have, haven't been able to keep up with it like I used to. So I'm just – I'm not as involved with, with – as I, I – more I've turned into more of an NFL guy. I love the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot more about it. I keep up with it. I, I listen to all the – I listen to a lot of podcasts about NFL and things like that and just trying to keep up. And I'm just a little bit more out of tune with baseball than I used to be. Uh, are you a Titans fan? I, I do like the Titans, you know, and, um, you know, everybody, you know, even the kids ask me who my favorite NFL team is. And, and to be honest with you, I, I just don't have one. I, I love the NFL. I love what they do. I love how innovative they are. They change. They don't They don't stay stuck. And, uh, you know, so I like all of it, man. If any NFL team's on, I'll watch it. You know, I, I dive into it. I, I just like the game. And I like, I like the speed of the game. Obviously, at that level, everybody does. And, uh, you know, there, there's just anybody can win on any Sunday. Now it's every any Saturday. Now it's any any Thursday. Now it's any Monday. You know, <laughs> so uh, you know, it's just a it's a it's a big deal. And um, so yeah, I do like watching the Titans, though. Obviously, you know they're fun to watch, and, and I love what Vrabel's done there. He, he's a heck of a coach, and and uh, you know his culture that he's built. He's done a great job. Um. I did. I did think of one question for you. Who has the best, or two questions? Who has the best uniforms in the NFL? Ooh, I like that. Um, if you have made it this far, you probably noticed that we had a couple of technical issues on this podcast. Um, sorry for the Wi-Fi issues on my end. Um, I look to getting those resolved soon. Thank you guys for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the show.